welcome to Shedding Light Hunting Stories Podcast, the podcast dedicated to the average Joe and their great hunting stories. I'm your host, Travis Williams. You're listening to episode 153. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for coming back for another episode. It's been a couple weeks since we released an episode. I'll tell you, as being the host of a show, it is sometimes hard to nail some folks down and get uh, you know, guests lined up for interviews. And so I've had a little trouble with that, but just kind of took the last two weeks and did some fun stuff with the family and just tried not to worry too much about that. Um, went to Philadelphia, told you that story, got to tell the story of my, my daughter Hattie out there and raised over $10,000 for this nonprofit, which was really cool. Um, went out to Dayton, Ohio with uh, some kids from the church and uh, did a fun st- thing out there and then went down to Florida uh, for like a, last week to a ministry conference. So I've been everywhere, man. Um, <laughs> it's good to be back home and just kind of enjoying time, family, and uh, getting back in the swing of things with uh, church and all these good things. So uh, today's episode is kind of a unique one. Um, I almost made it a bonus episode because it's kind of more of a how-to than it is stories, although there are some stories kind of mixed in that I think that you'll enjoy. And you're familiar with these guests. I have Travis Shire and Josh Castleback on, both members of Shedding Light Outdoors. Uh, we are going to unpack and open up and dive into the box of filming hunts. Maybe that's something that you do. Maybe it's something that you've thought about doing. Maybe you have no desire to do that. Um, any, any case, I think that you're going to enjoy this. Even if you don't have any desire to film hunts, you might be interested to know what goes into it. Some of the ways we've messed it up, uh, some of our favorite things that we filmed. We talk about YouTube, uh, how we've gained some followers there and just kind of talk about just a general bit. We get into a gear somewhat, filming setups, um, just a little bit of everything. Editing. We have a good, good conversation. I always love these guys, enjoy talking to them. Um, so uh, I want to say to begin, we don't really consider ourselves necessarily to be experts in this. Um, we are growing, we are learning. Uh, we've been doing it, I think, since 2015 or maybe a little before. Um, and so, learned some things, thought we would pass it along in uh, audio form for you guys. Uh, there are a lot of good YouTube videos out there, too, that you can watch visually to kind of get an understanding. But um, we just thought we'd unbox it here today and, and hope that you enjoy this. Uh, I do have some guests lined up. We're going to be talking turkeys over the next couple weeks, so I'm excited about that. So make sure you hit subscribe. If you want to leave a rating review, greatly appreciate that. And I'm going to try and get back into having (laughs) a regular uh, podcast once a week if possible. So if you'd like to come on the show, that is so helpful whenever you reach out to me. If you have any hunting stories, love to hear your deer, turkey, duck, elk, you name it, uh, stories. Oh, I didn't tell you that. I just submitted my online application yesterday for Montana elk hunting. Um, so fingers crossed, mid-April, I'm going to find out if I'm headed to Montana to archery elk hunt. So anyway, side note, we're going to jump right in. Um, if you'd like to come on the, the show, I don't know if I should finish that thought, sheddinglightod at gmail.com. Send me an email. Love to have you on. I'm all over the place. Let's get to our guest today. Here is Travis Shire and Josh Castle. Yeah. All right, guys, I am joined by my two good friends in Shedding Light Outdoors, Mr. Travis Shire and Josh Castle. How's it going, guys? Hello. Good. Going good. Good. Travis, what you into, man? Oh, just enjoying the sunny day, getting ready to get a haircut whenever this podcast is over. All right, man. Well, that's exciting. Exciting stuff. I know. Just, you know, 
Going with a buzz cut, you know, since it's starting to warm up I'm a little buzz bit. In the, buzz in the sides. I'm going to leave the top uh, grow out so yeah. I can kind of comb it over. That's um, a, a, my wife requested that. So okay, well, that's good. You got to got to keep her happy. Josh, what's up with you, man? Oh, not too much, man. Uh, getting ready for mowing. Yeah, I'm messing, cleaning up the mowers and getting ready for spring. Oh man, that's looking forward to it. That's yeah, fun it's coming, stuff, man. It's, it's coming quick. Yeah. I mean, and turkey season is around the corner. Are you guys excited for that? Holding back your emotion, waiting. Where where are you at with that? When you just mentioned it, I got the butterflies like a little kid does uh, going to bed Christmas Eve. <laughs> like, just you never know what the mar- next morning is going to hold. I just get butterflies every time I think about turkey season. Yeah. yeah How about Shire, you, Josh? Shires uh, sent me a couple of memes over the over the past uh, few days, and they're pretty funny. But honestly, the, the last two years for me have been really like a struggle for for killing turkey. But uh. <clears throat> I'm excited for it. I just, I don't really have like the best, you know, slam dunk property. So I, I got to, you know, focus on public and that's really challenging. So I don't know, I guess I'm kind of holding it back a little bit, but yeah. I'll be happy when I get here. Yeah, me too. I'm trying not to get <clears throat> too jacked, but I mean, I've been watching uh, videos, hunting public and other guys and all their stuff and a bunch of other things. So I'm getting there. Getting yeah. there. Well, uh, speaking of uh, hunting public videos, those sorts of things, uh, I kind of want to have like a unique episode here um, where we kind of talk, uh, you know, I've had you guys on before and I've talked to different guests uh, and we just kind of scratch the surface a little bit on filming hunts and video and self-filming, filming others. And that's something that we do at Shedding Light. That's kind of how we really started back in 2015. Um, but I thought it'd be good to just kind of pick this whole thing apart, maybe do an overview and then we can dive in a little bit deeper um and uh thought we could have some fun just kind of maybe telling some stories along the way some ways that we've learned uh, mistakes we've made some fun stuff that's how good to you guys mm-hmm. yeah sounds great yep. all right so first question i want to ask you guys and i think this is kind of uh critical uh not everybody's filming their hunts but it, there might be guys some thinking about getting into it or some guys that are just kind of struggling with the, the beginning process i want to start with why why uh why do you guys film your hunts what made you decide I want to pick up a camera and take this extra stuff into the woods with me. What's, what's the why behind it? Hey, Shire, you can, you can go ahead, man. Um, I'll talk after you. How about that? Okay, sure. Okay. Thanks. Well, the first reason I didn't do it was to get a bunch of YouTube subscribers and quit my job. I did not <laughs> didn't do it for that reason. Um, Cause that, that's just not real realistic, but I'll be honest if, if the, you know, I got my buddies and, and for years, my entire life, like after a hunt, you're always excited. You call and say, Hey, I, I got a, I saw this buck, man. He was like a hundred yards away. Or I saw this buck chasing the doe, man. The sunlight was on his rack and it was so cool. man. Mm-hmm. and the frog, you know, but now that we film, you can call them and you get their stories or, you know, your dad or brother, whoever. And so you can tell them the story and then you can go to your truck or pull it up on your laptop and then, video your your computer screen and then the exact story you just told him of that buck that was 100 yards away that was huge well you can send them a video of it and they can actually see exactly what you saw uh for me i think that's pretty sweet um and then i also um wanted to just be able to look back at my hunts to be able to remember them and i wanted to share them with other people i i've had a ton of great adventure in my hunts in my hunting career and there just came a point when i was like well i I liked other people to be able to see this too. Um, 
And another, I guess the, the last reason would be I, I kind of wanted to, to connect with people a little bit through hunting um, and then hopefully share the gospel. I, through my videos, I try to relate to creation and, and being outside. You can see that there's a creator. So through my videos, I try to depict that um, and share with others. But that's, that's kind of why I do it. But. Yeah, that's good. Josh, how about yeah, you? Have, yep, those are all great. Those are all, all great reasons. And I can relate with a lot of those. I think for me, <clears throat> ever since I was little, I kind of, uh, I, I watched uh, Buckmasters growing up and Primos. And I thought, man, it's so cool, you know, watching this footage, e even without the kill shot. I mean, that's not, that's not the entire video. But I just, like like Travis uh, said, I, I like to look back, you know, and reflect on my season and I can actually watch everything unfold and share with my family. And it was never really to, you know, go big with it, like Travis said, um, or even to put my face, you know, on the screen. But um, it's just cool. It's just uh, it's fun to do. It's challenging. And, yeah, I think it's a great and just I love doing it and I enjoy it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Challenging is a good, good point, especially the self-filming. <laughs> mm -hmm. People ask, should I get into, uh, you know, what's the first step in getting into self-filming? And I, I usually say don't. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> <laughs> I right. mean, it's, it's so addictive and it's, it's fun. I, I completely resonate with everything you guys said there. I mean, growing up, um, Shire remembers this in college, we'd go to Walmart and we would buy the brand new Primos big buck DVD every year it came out, <laughs> you know, and I don't yeah. I don't remember how, if this dates us, but you know, I remember what was it like 12, 10 or 11, 12, we weren't in on the first ones, but I remember getting some of those and, uh, just, I just love watching those guys and I like their storytelling aspect. And then, um, mm -hmm. for me, it, it really came down to initially, I think it was just, I, like you guys said, I just wanted to capture the hunt. Um, that very first time Trav, uh, you came down, uh, whenever I moved down here, Southeast Ohio and filmed me shooting a doe that like, that was just awesome. I don't know what it was about that, but just capturing it on film, putting it together, mm -hmm. trying to edit. Remember, I put some cheesy music to the background <laughs> and showed it at a wild game night, and I was so proud. I mean, it was just a doe, and I spined her, <laughs> but I was just, <laughs> you know, it was just awesome to capture. And, and, my, and my response was, as soon as you shot her, I was like, oh, my goodness, I got it on film. You can actually <laughs> yeah. hear me say that. Like, yeah. I remember that I, I stood up right in front of you. You were right behind me on this tree. It wasn't a great setup. And I remember this doe crosses a creek and I stood up and you can just see me block the camera. And I was actually, my second angle was a, was a iPad. I had an iPad sitting yeah. on the side of this well, big stand. And, uh, you know, well, so I actually you reached out. out. I, yeah. Yeah. Reached out and somehow got it. But, yeah. Josh, yeah. I don't know this, Josh, what was the first thing that you ever filmed? Um, Man, this, this is kind of funny. So back when I was like 12, 13 years old, you know, I was inspired by the Buckmasters. I used to watch Jackie Bushman. Now he was a rifle hunter, but I loved watching his videos. He was a great narrator. His hunting ethics were awesome. And all the footage that they captured was just great. So like um, my stepmom had a video camera back in the day. This was like probably, oh my goodness, 2000, 2005. 2004 actually no maybe even sooner anyways i took out one of the big old black cameras i can't remember what it was canon or whatnot but v vhs i'm sure yeah it was yeah it was a cassette tape and so i would take that out and use that never to get the kill shot but just to film kind of what i was you know seeing 
And I didn't even know how to operate the, the camera. I also didn't have permission to even be using it. <laughs> <laughs> so I was out there filming one day and I saw like a group of like a four, four really nice bucks. I was like, oh man, I'm going to get to film these. I'll get to look back and see them and show everybody how big these bucks were because they were nice bucks. And I ended up getting back to the house later on, putting the, the cassette in or however you look, look back at it. And, and you can't even see the deer at all because I didn't zoom in. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, successfully started filming and, and all that stuff. 2018 would, would have been the first season for me. Yeah. And I captured a doe, uh, doe. Oh, that's cool. That's camera, cool. So, yeah. Yep. yep. I, uh, you know, I, I think whenever you look at this, there's different things that draw us into it, different motivations. I do think. I want to kind of switch gears and talk a little bit about like the goals and the different styles of videos that you can make. And I think it's important to start with that um, because if your goal is to become a YouTube star, um, you know, it's, (laughs) this might not be the podcast for you. (laughs) Um, You know, we have a good YouTube following, but it's taken us what, I mean, how many years we've been doing this draft? Six, seven, seven years. Yeah. Seven years. Yeah. yeah, It's your anniversary was kind of like what, what started at your wedding. Um, Yeah. So, you know, we've, we've gained a following, we've done well. Um, but if you want to become a YouTube star, I do think that, you know, that's a challenge. It's a lot of work. You got to release a lot of videos and there's a lot of things, but I think I want to kind of back up for a second. What, what do you, what do you, when you guys look at like goals for making a video, what are some of the, um, different styles? Let's talk about styles and different things that we've done, uh, as far as making different types and just maybe paint a picture, you know, for a second of, you know, what could be some goals going in and, and what are some styles that re- would relate to that? Uh, you, <clears throat> do you want to go first, Josh, or me to do it? Good. Okay. Um, well, there's a, there's a few different ones that pop in mind. The, the first one's like a hype video where you take all the kills from one season or a few seasons and play some loud music and get people jacked up with a little short two or three minute video. And then I, what I really like is the season long recaps where you've got maybe a dozen different hunts. You don't mm-hmm. get a kill on all of them, um, but you kind of retell the story of your season. Um, I, I really think I like that. That's a beautiful setup for myself. I like, and then also then there's like the, the single hunt where you just go out and kill an animal. Um, there's that, which, which both of those last two, there's gotta be some kind of a story and a lot of B roll to make it work. And then, there's also how-to videos, but I don't. We don't really get into that quite yet. So, yeah, I think that's a good summary. I think there's. Um, I see a lot of guys, you know, um, will just do like kind of a uh, more like a kill shot kind of thing. You know, it's just kind of a quick thing. They're in the stand. All of a sudden, a deer comes by. They shoot it. They might film their reaction, and that's that's kind of it. And um, so Josh, did you have any other thoughts on that, or any other types of videos that you you've watched, or uh, anything come to mind? Um, that I've watched or, or that I try to shoot for myself. Uh, either. Yeah. We're just either. covering different styles and things. Yeah. So like, I don't really think that there's like a right answer or like, um, a more pr- like a preference. I don't really think that there's like a fad or anything going on, but yeah. Um, for, for the most part, I think if you can tell a story with like, say you can find sheds from a buck before or follow the same buck, you have pictures, you know, that's kind of like the, um, the theme of, of how you know people put a film together, but I don't know. It just depends on how your season goes. You know, you could go out in the tree stand for a set and shoot a buck and like, you know, you got to focus on creating B roll for it that maybe you didn't have before. 
you know, with the, you know, with all that, but. How important is, how how important is the kill shot? Like that's something I think maybe just to cover off the bat. I know that that's what everybody wants to get. um, But what's your guys' thoughts on like getting that kill on camera? Like how critical is that to the success of a video or videos that you watch? I think it matters a little bit, you know, a little bit When, when I click on a video, I do like to see like at least, you know, some of it. I, you know, I don't have to see the arrow impact for me. I've got a couple of videos myself where you can't really see the arrow hitting the deer, but, but you can it's, hear it. It's though. the story. Yes. It's the story <laughs> kind of leading up to the fact and seeing the footage of the buck alone. And then, you know, the, the retrieval is always good too. So. Yeah. Like I, yeah, for me, the kill shot, I, I do like it. I'm not going to lie, but mm-hmm. if you got a if you got a video before the kill and then maybe a video of it running away and then your reaction, I think that's good. I, I don't know, but the actual kill shot doesn't have to be there, but if it's not there, then I think there needs to be some pretty weighted story material there uh, to, to back it up. But yeah, yeah, it can be challenging to put that one together. Yeah, uh, yeah definitely. I think uh, what, what I've learned over the years is um, we, we've kind of gravitated, all of us have gravitated more to like storytelling. Like that's, I think probably our, if you watch most of our videos over the last couple of years, that's kind of been... Uh, either through voiceover or through Trav, you've done some amazing season recaps, um, you know, or if you're just focusing on a, hunt, a couple hunts, like Josh, you did a good job with your Missouri hunt, kind of telling the story of everything that's going on. I think, you know, it, those to me just seem to be more enjoyable to make. Um, I love it whenever I have uh, like too much, <laughs> too much footage. I've taken so much yeah. footage that I've like, I got to cut stuff out. That's a good problem to have. But a lot of my stuff, like over probably, I didn't really get good at B-roll trap. I think you really were the one that showed me like a lot of the things that you do. And we'll talk about yes. B-roll in a second, but okay. you just have like, I'm in the stand, I do an interview, deer shows up, I shoot the deer, quick video of the deer. And then that's, it's, it's just really, really hard to tell a story if you don't have some of those extra clips a little bit. So uh, let's get into, we'll get into gear here in a second, but I kind of want to talk a little bit about B-roll and just the importance of that um, and just kind of like what you guys are looking for. What are you actually filming while you're out there and, and why do you film it? Do you mean to go first again? Yeah, yeah go ahead. Go ahead okay. All right. Um, so here's what I think about when I'm out there. Um, first off, talking to the camera and rambling is, is this is a little separate from B-roll, but you got to be careful with rambling. The less you say, the better. But if it is something that's important to the hunt, for, for example, um, if you say I'm hunting a cut cornfield, then, then <clears throat> while I'm doing the interview, I want to have a pan of the cut cornfield. Um, if I'm talking about how windy it is, I want to have pictures of the leaves blowing. Uh, if I want to talk about, um, let me think here, if, if I want to talk about the creek I crossed when I was coming in, then I want to have a video of that creek. Um, and I guess you get the idea. And, and then... Um, you can, as you're talking to the camera, you're doing your intro saying, Hey, we're out here today. So-and-so you, you can cut away from your face and actually show some B-roll while that's happening. Um, and that just really makes a huge, a uh, huge, uh, impact t- to the watchability of a video. I think in my opinion, um, you're also like, it's good to show your bow equipment. It's good to show just video your feet as you're walking into the stand, um, do a pano when you get out of your truck, do a pano of the farm. Um, maybe you like set your camera on a fence post and walk 
walk past it as you're walking to your stand, um, video, you pulling your gear out of your truck, all of that stuff is, it makes the video really special. Um, and then another thing, once you kill the deer, I mean, do some close-ups. I mean, if you just put the deer's ear and pan, pan over to the sunset or, or, or do some special stuff, it, it'll take a, an okay video and make it really good. Um, if you just add that, that little bit of stuff in there, that, that's kind of what I, what I think about. Yeah, that's good. Josh? Yep. Yeah, so when, when it comes to beer or just filming in general, uh, for, for someone that would just be wanting to get into it or maybe just started doing it. Uh, so I've, I've been doing it for four seasons now, and uh, I have definitely improved for sure. Um, but I would say that you've got to be intentional. If you want to make a good video to share, um, not with just your family, your family is one thing. But, like, when you want to share it to, like, the world, you got to be intentional. So like, like Travis was saying, being like very descriptive, filming everything, <laughs> everything and anything. And, and the goal really is to um, get familiar with the camera and, and not be, you know, try to be as clean with it as you can, you know, like with a frame, you know, like just try to get familiar with the camera, I guess is what I'm trying to say and get yeah. good with it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I, I uh, would echo that. I, I think, um, you know, you need a big SD card. Uh, <laughs> so we'll, we'll slide into gear a little bit more fully here in a second. But you need an SD card that can hold a lot of footage. You got an 8 gigabyte or 16 gigabyte with if you're doing HD 4K, you, you need you need a 64 to 128, if not bigger, um, because you want to take a lot of video you want to take a lot of stuff and that, that gives you more stuff to work with you know um yeah. especially if you're doing a season recap video you need to be able to look back over your hunts and have you know some material there that you can you can use um i, go ahead. I like i like what josh said about intentional so epic squirrel footage can take a video that's like on the scale one to ten it's like a five or a six yeah you take it to a seven or eight by putting some epic squirrel footage in there so like yeah. if I'm in the stand and I'm sitting there and I see a squirrel, dude, like I get butterflies and I'm like hunting that squirrel. Like I, I turn the camera on and I want to get the best footage. If I, if I sit there and I have a, a flock of blackbirds land in the tree in front of me, mm-hmm. like I, everything in me is like screaming. I got to get that camera on them to video yeah. those birds chirping and flying around. Um, yeah. If I, if I see a, a grasshopper climbing up my pant leg, uh, like everything in me is like trying to get that camera focused on that grasshopper. And that, that stuff can take a video up a couple notches, I think. Yeah. I think what we, we fail to remember sometimes, like, if we've been so conditioned. If you watch TV at all, any like commercials, TV, Netflix, you think about how many times they're changing the camera angle and how many times, like, over the last few years, I mean, you watch those old 80 videos, and sometimes they're kind of hard to watch because they don't have that as much. And so we've been conditioned, and I think most people have been conditioned to – being used to like a lot of stuff happening you have a lot of different videos and things so i'm the same way if i see a video and i've done this myself uh guilty of you know just talking at the camera straight on doing an interview that lasts 10 minutes while you're in your car um those are hard to watch i usually skip through it and and in fact i'm watching some of my old videos where i did that i skip through myself i'm like "Ah, i don't want to hear myself ramble here so you got to ask yourself the question is this something i would want to watch and I think that's, that's a challenging aspect of it. Um, so one other thing, I don't know, maybe this is a good time to touch on it because it kind of touches with what you're saying. This, 
might be more along the lines of editing. Mm-hmm. But the temptation is if you're sitting in your stand and you have a doe and a fawn feeding in front of you for five, 10 minutes, and you capture five or 10 minutes of that footage, um, the temptation is to be excited and, and let that play out for 45 seconds to a minute. But, but if I've got five minutes of footage of a doe and a fawn, I may, I may show um, five or 10 seconds of them munching on acorns. I might show five seconds of the doe picking leaves off a tree. And then maybe as they're walking away, I show another five seconds of that yeah, entire five of minutes of yeah. foot, footage. I'm, I'm only dragging 15 or 20 seconds out of it. And it, it, to keep people's attention and to keep the story good, I think that's kind of a, a point that, that you should probably look, look for maybe. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. I, I, think that's, I think that's true. I think a lot of not just people talking straight at the camera, but I see a lot of uh, people where they learning just to do short little clips like you just said you still tell the story um, you know some guys like and, and you can get into this a little bit uh, kind of a raw there's raw there's a raw style and there's also kind of a more polished uh, storytelling and I got to be honest I think we do both um, we each kind of even between the three of us um, we each have a little bit different style in that and I think it's okay it's all storytelling but um, Touch on that for a second, guys. Like, uh, you know, whenever it comes to polish versus raw versus how do you guys balance that out? And I guess we're kind of getting into editing a little bit, but that's okay. Um, you know, how do you guys decide between am I going to add music and make it really pop or am I, um, uh, you know, just going to let it play and not have anything and just let it be the raw aspects of the hunt? What's your thoughts there? I, I always do raw on the deer that I'm going to kill is coming in. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm raw through the shot. Um, a lot of times I'm raw walking up to the deer. Um, but then I'll do music maybe once I'm at the deer. And, I'll, and I, I usually do music. I do it low so you can still hear the wind blowing and you can still hear the birds chirping. Yeah. Um, I think when I first started, I overpowered it with music. And the yeah. music was too loud and the natural sounds weren't loud enough. But now I kind of flip it. See, the natural sounds are louder and the music is kind of soft in the background. But I'm not sure if that's what you're looking for or not. Yeah. Yeah. So when it comes to music or just adding, uh, adding, <laughs> adding effects and things like that, um, I would say for me, okay. So first thing on, on the video that's already been created. So in the comment section, I've never seen on a video that didn't have music. Somebody say you should have added music. That's true. But I do true. see when people add music, people saying you didn't need the music. Yeah. But really, really it comes down to your preference, I think. And if it's necessary, I think those times when it's necessary could be say, you're filming some epic footage of like this awesome buck walking in or this strutting turkey coming in and you have a plane flying overhead or a helicopter coming past or loud traffic even in the background noise. Um, the audience isn't going to know that, but I think personally you could put in a really soft um, um, sound loop. I think that's a great idea. And one other thing on that, Mm -hmm. I actually did it to a Turkey video a couple years ago. Um, I actually added some birds tweeting and you, you can get backgrounds of actually it sounds realistic, like birds would on a spring morning, or you can yes. even get like the breeze, the wind blowing, or you can steal audio from another clip um, sure. to put onto that clip too, which is options. 
Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's good. I think when it comes down to music, um, and we'll, like I said, we'll keep going down the editing thing here in a second, a little bit more, but I think whenever it comes to those sorts of things, music is so, everybody has a different preference just in their own life. Some people like country and folk, and some people like pop and rock. And so you, you see those preferences making their way into a video. And if it's not your preference, then sometimes that's a turnoff. So I think for me, I've learned a little less is more. There is definitely some times when it really does help or sets a story or sets a, like a, a mood. And so music is powerful. It's in most of the shows that we watch and things. You, um, yeah. So I think, you know, using those things um, is good. So, I mean, your, your video is always going to be raw at the start. If you're just filming everything, it's all raw. It just depends mm-hmm. on how much do you want to spice it up and add different you know, polishing like, parts, but, um, yeah. we'll get back, we'll get back to that in a second. I want to talk, uh, gear. Um, <laughs> so a little bit about gear and setup. So talk to me about what you use, like what's in your, like, how are you capturing this? What are some tools that you use? What are some things that you definitely wouldn't use anymore? Anything along those lines? Uh, and Josh, we'll start over with you on this. So what are, what just, whatever comes down to gear and your setup, uh, what are you using and, and why do you use it? <clears throat> so, like I'm a public land hunter for most, you know, most part, uh, uh, mostly public land hunter, but I think a lot of people in general, even if it's a private farm, like Travis Shire, I don't know about you Williams, but I know as far as the gear goes, I try to go in as light as I can and small equipment for me is better because when you add on the filming perspective, like you got to realize you're adding <laughs> a lot of extra stuff mm-hmm. to your setup that you didn't have before. Um, it's, it's a challenge. I mean, it's, I wouldn't be discouraged by it, you know, cause you can become good at it. Um, so I always carry everything like in a backpack or a handbag or something. And, you know, as the season approaches or whatever, I'll try to like fine tune that. So that way like, when the season comes in, you know, I've got the room for it and I can actually see myself going, you know, a mile out in the woods. But yeah. as far as the camera goes, I, I use a Canon just got an XA11 and I also have a smaller Canon. So I have two, two primary cameras is what I would call them. Like cameras that you would put on a uh, camera arm on the tree. Um, you could have two camera arms, one facing you and one facing, you know, something that you can control with, with the deer, but I would recommend you use a GoPro. I just had issues with mine. So <laughs> I use two handhelds. So All right, how about you? Yeah, so I've been through, I think, almost every camera arm out there. Uh, so I started in 2015 and up until 2017 using the, it's a little HME camera arm. It's like 25 bucks at Dunham's, or I think you can buy a two-pack for 30 bucks. Super lightweight, but the problem with it is it's kind of short and not very rotational. So if you got it to your right side, which I always suggest putting the camera arm to whatever, if you're right-handed, put it on your right side. If you're left-handed, put it on your left side. That way you can hold your bow and with your the bow hand and then operate the camera. But anyway, with that HME camera, say your your back is against the tree and you're facing straight ahead, you can get from like maybe ten o'clock to about five o'clock really well. But once you get around to like you know ten or nine and uh, seven eight all the way down there, you, you can't wrap that arm around you. So anyway, in 2017. I was hunting and I had a humongous 10 point come in, 10 in the dough. And then I had a a wide eight point come in and posture up to him and walk by. And then I had this younger buck running with his tongue out, chasing the dough. 
And this is all at like, I would say my seven, eight o'clock, um, nine o'clock. Uh, and, I, and I saw the most epic rut action in my entire life that evening. And I got zero of it on film. Uh, so that, that, <laughs> that was it. That was the final straw. I went out and bought a fourth arrow camera arm um, after that. And that, that, a camera arm like that can wrap clear around your body. Um, anyway, so, um, so yeah, so I, I've used a fourth arrow for three seasons. Uh, with that, I have the old style base. They have the old style base that's like five pounds in it, and it's really loud. It's got a bunch of metal buckles and ratchet, and I'm sure the deer from 300 yards away in the morning hear me setting that thing up, even yeah. though I have stealth strip on it. So anyway, Fourth Arrow makes a new base that I think is way better and way lighter and way quieter. So if you do get the Fourth Arrow, get the updated base, and that's a very nice arm. It's very, you'll notice in the cheaper arms, if you're panning, you'll, you'll get some jump in your camera, but with like a fourth arrow, it's very smooth. If you pan with it, it it's just like butter. Um, currently I, I, I kind of got tired of the loud, heavy fourth arrow and I, I got Jeremy, I think Jeremy Riggins. Is that right? Yeah. He, he makes a nice camera arm, um, that, that works for lighter cameras. I wouldn't say heavier cameras could be a struggle with it but i used it last year i'm in love with it it's very smooth very light and i, I don't see myself changing um it's got a quiet buckle um that that particular arm is my favorite anyway for the camera um i i there's some nice cameras that are heavier i would give up a little photo quality to, to carry a lighter camera just because i i don't want to carry a big camera and I, I mean, honestly, if you're just getting into it, I think Canon and Sony, they make some cameras that are like two or $300. I mean, Panasonic might have one for 300. Just mm -hmm. pick up one of those cameras and go film your stuff, man. There's, yeah. there's videos on YouTube that's got hundred thousands of views with those $200 cameras. Yeah. Those and, are just uh, fine. They do just fine. Um, yeah. I mean, you gotta, you gotta be around cameras and photography a long time to realize the difference between a $200 camera and a $1,500 camera. Um, that's not something a beginner is going to even know or, or appreciate. So mm -hmm. that's my, my two cents on that. And with the GoPro, I always use a GoPro for my backup. Um, bow mount GoPro footage on the shot is worthless to me. Might as well just leave it out of your video. Uh, <laughs> so if you're going to go with a, a GoPro mounted, um, try to do a head mount maybe. You can at least see the impact and, and see a smooth shot with the head mount. Um, I, I like that for turkey season. I, I mean, if I don't have my head mount for running gun turkeys, then I'm probably not going to get the shot on camera. Um, and then I do like a screw with the GoPro in above my head. So, and then it kind of looks down and it, it kind of captures 180 degrees of everything. Yeah. Um, and then I'll, if I got time, I can sneak up and push that. And that that's some really epic B-roll right there. If you can get that overhead view on a GoPro. So that's kind of what I do. Yeah, I guys, I completely agree with what you're saying. I think um, sometimes like guys wanting to get into filming, they want to go out and buy like these super expensive cameras, like giant, you know, uh, big cameras, DSLRs, uh, with a lot of like complicated. And I think if you're just if you're not sure if you'll like it, if you're not sure if you go out, get on eBay and buy a, a Canon Vixia HF R52 or R800 or uh, a cheaper <laughs> Sony. Get something that you don't have to have 4K. Um, in fact. The thing about 4K that you guys, a lot of people don't know, it takes up a ton of disk space. Uh, you got to have a really fast and really big computer, or it's just going to eat your lunch whenever it comes to editing. 
So yeah, I, I agree. I put a 4K clip in mine, and my computer just it told me no, and it just took the day <laughs> off. <laughs> he like, like, I'm out. I'm out. Drinking coffee. And he's like, no. You can't even really tell the the quality difference, anyways, in my opinion, especially on like YouTube video. Yeah, YouTube's gonna. What I hate sometimes, YouTube will it'll take like some of our videos that I know we shot in HD and like my internet speed is like not great at my house or office sometimes. And so it'll like take it down to like 720p anyway. I'm like, I know it's clearer than that. And so, but yeah, I think for guys getting started, you don't have to break the bank. There are guys that actually, there's a, there's some YouTube videos about how to film with your cell phone. Um, you know, you're mm -hmm. not going to have all of the bells and whistles, not be able to zoom. And there's going to be definitely some challenges with that. But, um, we, uh, we started off using, I think one of the main cameras that we did use is that one I just mentioned, like a Canon, uh, Vixia, HF, uh, R, you know, fill in the blank. There's R50, R52, R800 is a good one. And they're just mm -hmm. like basically pocket size cameras. Um, I filmed with that. I still film with that one. Um, and then we bumped up to like the G sizes, uh, G20s, 30s, 40s. Um, we've used that. Josh, you've got a really nice camera now. Um, we've also used... Um, <clears throat> GoPros and different things like that. Oh, and so, you know, th those like, things can be helpful. Um, but once again, you don't have to break the bank to have the best quality or whatever. I think now they're, I probably wouldn't go on eBay and buy like a, a $70 one that says 4k, but it's not a name brand. A lot of times you get into issues there. Um, but, but yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's like 240 bucks. will get you a decent Sony or a decent Canon. Yeah. And then sure. with the GoPro, I've went to the session, uh, like the regular GoPros with the touchscreen and stuff. They they have like an on button and another button for record, and, and and it gets really complicated, and the buttons are really stiff. Man, my GoPro session is so simple, man. I, like it's never let me down. I just press that button, and I know it's recording. And then I press it again, and it stops recording. And there's no thinking involved. It's just yep. press on, press off. So set, yeah, Hero Session, yep. um, something worth looking at. Yeah, we have the Session 5, and you've gotten some, like, if you look at Trav's videos, you can kind of see some of the quality there. Uh, our turkey video last year, uh, we actually don't normally do this, but I, I had it sitting out in the field, and I you can install an app on your, your phone, and then you can actually turn it on from your phone. And so we had some turkeys about to come in, and so I turned it on. I wasn't even sure if it was running, to be honest, um, and it captured some amazing footage of these two toms coming in, spitting, drumming, and uh, attacking the decoy. And that was, that was pretty cool. So I'm pretty sure if I remember right, you knocked that one off his feet pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. There was one, I don't know what happened to the other one, but that one fell down. So yeah. that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> the other one got away. <laughs> we'll just say you got That's... away. You got away. Yeah. Um, yeah. And back to like the gear and different things that you can use. Um, I, I think first, let me just ask this question to you guys. What is it absolutely necessary to have a camera arm if you're hunting from a tree stand or from a saddle? Yes. If you okay. want to capture the kill shot, yes. Okay. And why? Because you can't hold the camera and shoot at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> a little self-explanatory. Well, honestly, right? though, if you want it just for your friends and to goof around with, a head-mounted oh, GoPro could work. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. funny. Yeah. Yeah, we've, we've used those, and I think – you know, and you like you said, if you just want to capture the kill on camera, a GoPro or um, Tacticams or whatever, they they can get the job done. Um, but you definitely are going to need a main camera if you're trying to tell yeah. stories or anything like that. Like GoPro footage is pretty tough to watch because it takes a deer that's at 20 yards and makes him look like he's like 70 yards away sometimes. So yeah, that's you're right. You're right. Tough. 
Um, let's get into like uh, a little bit more about uh, just kind of filming setups. Um, where do you guys put your camera? Let's just talk about uh, if you're in a hang on and then we might switch to saddle hunting just for those guys that do that. Um, where do you position things? Just kind of a quick overview. Don't you don't have to go into too deep here, but like whenever you get into the tree and you're up there and then all of a sudden you, it's time to get the camera stuff set out. What does that look like for you? Josh, you can go first. Uh, so when I'm setting up my camera, so when I had a GoPro, I would use that, you know, I'd have that running already, you know, while I'm setting up the tree stand. But when I get up in my tree stand, I, I use a hang on, you know, you could work for a climber too. Mm -hmm. But I'm shooting, I'm always shooting to my left. My dominant side is to my left. So I need to make sure when I'm setting up my camera and not only that, but where you expect the deer to come from and to go. Obviously, you need to have that camera set up in a position where you can you can reach that position with your camera arm. So, when you're setting up, it's if you get out there early. That's another thing when you're filming, you've got to account for that extra time. And it yeah. usually takes me. You, you can get good at that too. I mean, it usually takes me probably I would say ten minutes roughly to set up with the camera arm. Uh, sometimes less. It depends on what kind of tree I'm in, and the angle of the tree that matters too, you know, how it's, which way it's facing and leaning, whatnot, but you can, you can move that around as much as you need to. Good. So you use the camera arm. And so if you're in a hang on stand, uh, you're, you're basically, if you're right-handed, you're putting it off to kind of like your right hand side. Is that right? Yep. On my right, yep, on my right hand side. So that way, uh, I can hold my bow with my bow hand. Yep. Mm -hmm. Cool. Shire, talk about saddle uh, hunting a little bit. Is there anything different that you do there? How do, how do you position yeah, well, everything? Me, so with, with the saddle, I, I used a hang on in the saddle last year because I, with a saddle, this is just for carrying gear. With my saddle, my, my pockets, my dump pouches, I don't have to carry a backpack. And that, that new camera arm from Jerry, Jeremy Riggins, it, it's really super light. And I wrap the strap around it and hook a carabiner and I actually just hook that right on my belt. So I don't, that's a great to, idea. Yeah. So I don't have to carry a backpack and then my dump pouch. Um, I just go ahead and put the camera in there. And then my other dump pouch, I put my GoPro in there on its little mount that way. What I like, and then I even have a Doyle rope hoist for my bow. So I'm kind of spoiled, but I, um, so I, I get my, I get up there, I get my stand hung. And then I always try to put my GoPro up. And then as I'm pulling my bow up, I try, this is for evening hunts, of course. And I try to have the GoPro videoing me pulling my bow up. Cause that's just an added GoPro B roll. That's really easy to do. So I have a, for my GoPro, I have a little, it's like a flexible, I think it's by Hawk, a uh, flexible thing, maybe like eight or 10 inches long. And the GoPro goes on the end. And then the other end has a tree spike and I, I put it above me and just kind of flex it around to where it needs to be. Um, and then if I, Honestly, I don't even need to turn my main camera on and I would still get the kill and the shot and everything with that, with that angle. Um, and then to my right, of course, um, I would say I like it about the height of when I'm standing up. It's just a little bit above my waist. Um, and I'll put that Jeremy Riggins tree arm on there and put my camera on that. And I always have my camera pointed in the direction I think the deer are going to come from. Um, not always right, but sometimes it works out. So that's kind of what I do for deer hunting. 
Yeah, that's good. I think um, anticipating the shot, I think what you guys are talking about there is good and kind of thinking about that. I can't tell you how many times I've gotten up in and I've kind of set up the camera and then I realize I'm like, wait a second, this is, I'm not really even, <laughs> I, especially when I'm in the saddle, I just kind of get up to the top and I put up my marine steps and I get up, get set, put up my camera. I'm not like, wait a second, which way am I actually anticipating the deer coming? And that's so critical yet. Sometimes I forget that. Um, my setup's similar. Very, uh, I put, go ahead, Trev. I was very crucial with turkeys. You, you gotta be spell filming for turkeys. You gotta, just stick the camera on the decoy and then say a prayer that you can actually get the record button pushed. <laughs> Their eyesight is incredible. And that's the other thing is having a tripod, I think is an absolute must. If you're going to get it on film, uh, you've had some good, uh, like you, you, we have that head mount maybe we could drop the link below to what that is. Um, but yeah, that's a really nice one yeah. where it, it kind of, you can, um, put it off, you know, kind of angle it a little bit. So it's not like square. If you put a square in the middle of your forehead, that doesn't always give you the best angle. And they have this one that basically kind of puts the camera off to the side of your head and you can angle it where you need to, which is nice, but it's real. it's comfortable too. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, back to the, the tree stand. Um, only thing I do different than you guys sometimes is I take, um, you can buy this little clip off of Amazon for like seven or eight bucks to stick your GoPro in. And it's kind of like a potato chip clip. And I take that thing and I can put it on my tether uh, that goes up to the tree. So if you're saddle hunting, this is where it would work. And you put it up there and that way, like if I kind of have to walk around the tree a little bit or whatever with my ring of steps, it kind of follows me and it's kind of close. And I've actually learned with my session, it's good enough that I can, I can actually, the mic's good. I can do interviews straight into that camera rather than me having to always turn my, I have a bigger camera that I use as my main camera now. Um, and I dropped it out of the tree stand and broke the screen. So I'm also running a monitor on top of it because you can't see the LCD screen. <laughs> so that thing is not conducive for like turning around and doing like a really good interview. So I actually started using my session, um, GoPro session for that. But that's one thing I do. I, I clip it on there, uh, but I've used the screw in stuff. Uh, that's also super helpful. So a lot of different setups and you can look up like different ways to do it on YouTube. Uh, and sometimes it's nice just to change it up, do things a little bit differently. But one thing we didn't talk about is if you're getting into this and you're new, you need to probably practice this um, <laughs> before oh, yeah. before yeah. you get into the woods. Take all this stuff, figure out where you're going to hang stuff. How are you going to actually, if you're doing a backpack, like how you have a spot where you're going to hang your backpack where you can then access your, your camera gear. Um, yeah, you got to be strategic of, with that. Yeah, you can make a ton of noise with this and just ruin your hunt, and you're not going to get anything on film because you scared it all away. <laughs> so yeah, that's so honestly, that's a good, good, good point. So I've been doing this now seven years, and I even practice in the summer. And still, the first hunt or two of the season, I, I don't. I'm not a cussing man, but sometimes I say cuss words just trying to get it all <laughs> figured up. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean it's a process. It's got a a blueprint for your tree layout's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, last thing I'll say about this, something popped in my head with camera arms, make sure you can buy, if you if you go cheap, you can buy cheaper camera arms, make sure it has some sort of level on the top. I actually bought a level, um, for my, my most recent one and you can buy like these little bubbles off of Amazon for like five bucks, just, you know, with a, like an adhesive sticky thing on it or glue it. But trying to level, the most annoying thing I've found with camera arms is if you are on a tree that's kind of crooked or you can't get that thing level, um, what's going to happen to your camera whenever you let go of it? It's going gonna, it's gonna to roll out one way or the other. I've had that happen so many times where I've like not gotten it set right and I wasn't 
didn't get it. And then I let go of the camera arm and all of a sudden my camera is starting to move away from me, <laughs> which is yeah, not really, reasons. not really a good thing. So, uh, okay. So we, we touched on gear. There's a lot of things there that we could uh, keep going into, but that's, there's a lot of different ways to, to, to do that. Uh, I want to talk about what do you do? What is your process for whenever the deer or Turkey, uh, let's just stick with deer for right now. As the deer is coming in, uh, what are you doing? Are you zooming in? Um, what are you trying to capture? And then after the shot, you know, those two, two aspects, what are you filming and, and how do you go about that guys? Uh, for, for me, whenever, whenever a deer is coming in, like the cue to start filming is, I mean, it depends. Sometimes they'll slip in on you. You don't know they're there. <clears throat> you, it's a sacrifice. You either got to choose that you're going to film it or you're not. That's good. Um, I would say in that situation, but in my, my personal situation, if that was to happen to me, I would reach for the camera and turn the camera on. So, and I would say, if you're not willing to pass up a deer, or if you're not willing to like have to let a deer walk without taking an ethical shot, then you probably might not be ready to film. <laughs> it's just my opinion, but yeah. Yeah. That's a good, yeah, I would, good point. I would agree with that. If it's a, unless it's like 180 inch or more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, is that, is that a, the, is that the big, You know what I mean? You know, big, yeah, like one of those. Exactly. Yes, but but if it's a if it's a big buck, I don't know. I think I think the viewers are going to have to take a back seat. Yeah, <laughs> I think this comes Much back to life, goals, huh? right? Like, what's your goal? If your goal is to become a YouTube star, then you're probably going to need to get that shot on film, and you might not be able to. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's the that's thing. True. Like for for us. My goal personally, it's never been to become a YouTube star or whatever. It's to use it just to, as a way to film my hunts, have fun, show friends and family, and gain a little bit of a following. But that following is to try and point people to Jesus. Um, so I want to get that shot on film, but you guys know me. Like, there's been some times that it it hasn't panned out. Um, you know, and it's I'm not at that stage where I'm like I'm going to definitely pass a you know pass the deer. Uh, just so I can get it on camera, especially if it's a big buck, you know, like for me, I'm still cutting my teeth, learning that. And I'm just kind of bringing the audience along with me. So it's kind of one of those things where, you know, I wish I could get it all on film, but I'm okay. But that's, you know, that's, that's a good point though, Josh. Like you got to decide <laughs> uh, how important is it that you get it on film, you know, because that's going to affect what you do in that moment. And that's a lot to process is that, is that big boy. Sure and, yes, and then when is. you're <laughs> something, to, you also might be sitting at home, sipping tea with your feet up. And think you're not going to shoot if you don't have it on camera. And in the heat of the moment, it's okay to change your mind. It is. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's definitely okay. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Sorry, sure. I didn't mean to interrupt you, Josh. No, you're good. Sure. <laughs> sure. Go into like deer's coming in. What's going through your mind? What are you okay. trying? What are you doing in that moment? Just kind of walk us through okay. that part. I got a deer. Say I got a deer that's way away, 75, 50, 80 yards and not coming too fast. Kind of just tinkering around I'm, i might try to zoom in and get some decent footage um but if i see it's committed and it's going to come within shooting range i am zooming absolutely all the way 100 out and i take my eyes off of the viewfinder and if, if i know i'm and a shot's imminent it's coming i'm just i'm just instinctively pointing the camera at the deer so i mean we're pretty intelligent our brains do a good job of you know, looking at the camera lens and looking at the deer and zooming out and I can point it at that deer and there's no big deal. I'm going to get it on the camera. I'm not, not worried about that. Um, so that's kind of what I'm thinking about there. And then, um, 
if I got to at the last minute, I can reach down and yank that thing over to the right three inches just to get it back in frame. Now, one thing I like to do, I tell you what, you're, you're hunting on a trail on the rut and you got deer running by you. That is really, really hard to get the, the, the camera squared up on a deer. But I'll, I'll tell you this, here's my tip of tip of the day for squaring up a, a film filmed kill shot. If you take a, a McDonald's cup laying on the floorboard of your truck and you fill it up with corn and you dump it in front of your stand a day before you hunt, you're going to be able to frame up that shot at 20 yards and yeah. even maybe zoom in a little bit and shoot at a standing still deer um, nice. compared to not having the corn out and chasing them with your camera and trying to get them to stop and frame. Um, I don't know. That's just my experience. Sometimes Are you, are you saying you like corn piles, Trav? Dude, so here's my here's my thing, dude. Like, I, I have a no-go policy unless they're standing over a pile of corn. Like, if they're not over the pile of corn, I just leave my bow hung up. Yeah, yeah. So you, you'll pass a 190, you know, if it's on a trail. If he's if he's making a scrape, if he's making a scrape 20 yards from my corn pile, I'm not shooting. <laughs> <laughs> Are you being sarcastic? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm being yes, sarcastic. I'm being silly. Josh wasn't sure, yeah. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's the thing you do have to think about, you know, uh, as the deer is coming in, what I'm trying to do, what I'm trying to do first off these days, guys, you guys both have gotten, but I'll just fly out a minute. You guys have gotten better footage of the kill shot than what I have whenever it comes to big bucks. Um, you know, both of mine, um, my first one that I got on, well, I've only killed two bucks with a bow, but both of mine that I've got, you know, the first time I got it on film, I just kind of pointed it in that direction. I think what you just said, Travis, I see a lot of guys make the mistake. They zoom in. They want to get like a real, and, and you got to remember on your little LCD screen, it's you zooming in, that's going to fill an entire computer screen or TV. So you don't have to zoom in that far. And the problem is you zoom in, you draw back and that deer takes three steps he's out of your frame. Um, and yeah. so if you stay zoomed out a little bit, you know, maybe hundred percent, 75% zoomed out in editing, especially if you're using a, uh, an HD camera of any type in editing, you can always zoom in without losing too much quality. Um, yeah. so that's something just to keep in mind. Um, on my, uh, second buck that I got on film a few years ago, I was zoomed in a little bit, I think. And I eventually had to let, he was coming to a gap. I'd already missed this, this buck. And I had it zoomed in and he walked right out of the frame, but I came to full draw and I didn't have it. I wasn't going to let down, but I did have that GoPro kind of pointed in a position where the GoPro was actually able to get it on film, you know? So, uh, but the big thing I've, I'm learning, still learning is as that buck comes in, try and slow myself down a little bit. Like, um, it's easy. <laughs> I've told this story before you, Trav, you probably know which one I'm about to tell, but uh, one time I was doing an interview, it was like a long season, hadn't seen any deer, hadn't seen, well, I hadn't seen any bucks. And all of a sudden during the inter- my interview, I actually look up, I'm like, oh, there's a buck right there. <laughs> and I turn around <laughs> yeah. and I got, I got like five minutes of this beautiful uh, 10 point, not like an absolute giant, but just a nice buck would probably been my biggest at the time. And I zoom in on him and he's raking stuff and just playing around in the thorn bushes. And, and he's coming to a clear gap. And for some reason he hits that gap. And my hand was still on my camera. I have no, to this day, I still don't know what was going on or what wasn't like I became a cameraman, not a, not a hunter. Um, and Shire, you've talked about this before. Like there's a point where you've got to stop becoming a cameraman. You've got to become a killer. Um, you've yes. got to become a hunter 
and make that switch. And in that moment, I, it was too late. I tried to draw. He saw me, and it was game over. And I, that's still – I've replayed that one a lot in my mind. Like, what in the world was going on there? But, um, you know, cameras can cost you dear. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I would say, I guess, in the moment of truth, I'm first a hunter-killer, and then the camera, if I get it on ca- camera, that's just a bonus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. All right. Um, well, we've touched on a lot of stuff here, guys. Um, let's wrap kind of the filming part of this up, and I know you guys got to get rolling here. Um, let's say, We talked about editing a little bit. Um, uh, we all use, uh, I think all three of us use Adobe Premiere, right? Yeah, yep. I do too, yeah. Um, I used to use some other real cheap free software. Um, so I, I don't know. Do you guys have any other? Josh, have you ever used anything other than Adobe? No, I have not. Yeah, so that's that's kind of the lens that we come from. Uh, it is a paid uh, subscription. You could, I think, do it per month. Um, so if you're only doing like one film a year or two two films or two videos or whatever, you know, you could probably do like a month-to-month kind of thing. Um, we film Turkey and a bunch of other stuff, so we do, do the year subscription. But whenever it comes down to editing, just we could, there's so many things we get into here, guys. But just in general, what's your process like? What does that look like for you whenever you're you're trying to edit and put together these films? Um, how much time are you spending on it? Those sorts of things. So, Shire, let's start with you. Let's talk a little bit about editing. Well, um, when I first started, I would spend 20 hours <laughs> on a video. <laughs> now, now I can put it together in a, an hour a couple hours probably mm-hmm. um but my, my first thing is i'll go through the sd card and make a file on my computer and i'll pull off the sd card all the clips i want to consider editing and i won't pull them all off because there might be some clips i'm like i can't get nothing out of that so i'm not going to get it confused and mixed in there and then i open up adobe start a um start a video and then i'll upload that file folder into adobe and then I kind of have in my mind what I what I want, how do I want to start it. And and I do it different in Adobe. I, I pull the, the raw clip and I cut it and then I drop it in to the sequence. Some people drop the raw clip into the sequence and then cut it. But I, for some reason, I started this way. I cut it and then drop it into the sequence. Yeah. And honestly, I've started like the, doing first more thing, of that too. the first thing I do is I, I just drop everything in in the sequence I want. And then I go back and I start thinking about maybe like some fade ins, fade outs. I start maybe thinking about if I want to add some text, then I start thinking about if I want to add some music. Um, but, but my first overarching goal when I get it is just drop every clip in there, um, in the order I want it. And then, and then I go back and add the details in, but. Yeah, that's good. Josh, how about you? Um, I would just add, um, so it really depends on how much you're going to film. So I film a lot, like constantly filming everything. And I can fill up a 16 gig memory card pretty quick, even a 32. I even use 64 gig. Um, So I I have a 64 gig that I didn't fill up this year, but there's a lot of footage on it of me hunting, like, you know, out of state here, just got some random stuff on it, but I would keep your memory cards. Uh, You can even label them, keep them organized. And another thing I wanted to touch on is, is with your camera batteries. You want to make sure that you have, maybe an extra battery because you're going to be charging batteries all the time. Yeah. As, as far as the editing goes, like Travis said, I would put the SD card in the computer and pull, pull everything that I'm going to use for the video off and I'll, I'll put it in a separate file. And then 
from there, I'll put it all into the library onto the uh, editing software from there and just put the video together first, you know, in order. And then you get out all your extra stuff later. Just make sure that the video is put together first and that'll simplify it for you later. One thing too, you might even, I agree with the keeping the SD cards. That's a great idea. And, and I, I would, I actually went ahead and got a external hard drive and actually I dumped all, I dumped all of my footage on that external hard drive. Um, Cause I was dumping it on my computer, but it was taking up too much space. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's not a bad option to, to do. Oh yeah. These days you can buy a, a, a decent, you know, two terabyte hard drive and it's a must like back whenever I was kind of the main editor, um, like I'd get your footage, I'd get uh, other people's footage. And it was just like a lot of <laughs> just, I mean, it takes up, it can really bog down even a fast computer. So having that is a good idea. Um, I like to, I guess whenever I get into it, I want to first off think about, okay, what way do I want to tell this story? And sometimes I don't always know that. Um, I try and think of that beforehand. I actually try and think of that while I'm out in the field a little bit. Um, yeah. Obviously you're just trying to record like the film, but if I sense like there could be a, like my last video that I did, it was, it was the end of the season. It was February. I had, I think it was like two days before the season closed. So a lot of like that film was um, just me kind of talking about that process, how crazy the hunt was. And so it kind of set a theme up and um, you know, so I think try to, once again, like what's your goal with the video? Um, you know, that's going to determine a little bit. We used to do our classic intro trap there for probably about, if you go back and watch some of our, older stuff is like, it'd be a clip yeah. of our logo and then us whispering and then boom, or, yeah. you know, something. And then we'd go into you driving down the road to my house to Turkey hunt or whatever, you know, there's, there's so many different ways. And what I like yeah. to do is I like watching, um, different YouTube people, uh, just different. There's all kinds of people that you can watch for different things. And I just like take a note, like, you're not trying to rip off other people's style, but just try and learn some different ways to tell you can kind of become stale and just do it the same way over and over. Yeah. So I try and think, um, I did a doe video there last year that really wasn't even necessarily a hunt. It was more just like the whole thing was just a theme about life and time passing and making the most. Yeah, of that was all. really good, man. And thank you. Wow. And it, it was a fun, you know, it was fun to, to do that. And that one, it just popped in my head and then I already had it going in like, okay, this is what I need to do. And, you know, you can go sequentially. You can sometimes start with, you know, you're about to take the kill shot, you know, grab people's attention. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of ways to do that. But I do think what you guys are talking about. The other thing is, um, we talked about this before, music, um, where you get your... We, we have a subscription to Soundstripe right now. I think we had Tune Pocket beforehand. Um, we pay for it because I think sometimes those clips are better, but there are a ton of places where you can get free stuff. Um, do you guys have anything else to add on, on music or uh, extra stuff that goes into editing? <clears throat> I don't uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, Adobe is a big program. It takes a pretty heavy-duty computer to handle it. Yeah, yeah. And there's there's other things out there. I mean, if you're using a, a Mac, you know, there's or Apple, there's a lot of um, a lot of different uh, ways to do that. A lot of different services, and we can only speak to what we know, which is Adobe. And I, I like it. I think it has everything I need in it: um, transitions, effects, ways to make the text look cool. Um, you can do a lot of stuff in there and there's a million YouTube videos on how to do it. So if you forget how to do something, Oh man, there's so many tutorials to watch. So, all right, well, let's uh, transition out of that. Um, and I just want to ask you guys a couple questions and we'll wrap things up. Um, has, uh, filming, and I told you about one of mine has filming ever cost you a deer. Do you think? 
I don't think mm. so. Not not that I can remember. Okay. Yeah, not that I can remember. No, I don't think so. Awesome. <laughs> you guys are better. <laughs> you guys remember. are better at it than me. I can think of like three different occasions. <laughs> it, it, it has costed me not getting the film on shot or the shot on film. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did I kill? I go. I go out. I go out to kill. I don't. No, I don't go out to photograph, but you know, while I'm out there, I do take some video. There you go. And I think that's a good mindset. And uh, it, it's, there's a lot, I think if you're getting into filming, you just got to recognize um, there's a lot that goes into that process. And for me, it would probably would have been smarter if I'm being quite honest. I mean, I hadn't shot a buck. I'd only shot like maybe three or four deer with a bow whenever I started filming hunts. Um, you got to recognize where are you as a hunter too? Like, if I could go back, I probably would have waited. I probably would have shot a few deer and gotten used to that moment. Like the deer's in, there he is. Uh, how am I going to you know, take this shot? I would have probably cut my teeth a little bit more uh, because now I'm still kind of playing that catch-up game. I feel a little bit of how do you, as everything, like I said, slowing the moment down and trying to get it on film and also getting drawn at the right time without getting busted by the deer. It's not easy. Um, mm-hmm. we, we didn't talk a lot about this, but you know, if you have a buddy that can film you, that does make life a lot easier uh, for yeah. sure. Um, having somebody to film i like i like using josh as my camera arm <laughs> <laughs> he's expensive he's expensive though you know you gotta I buy know. his lunch and uh, yeah <laughs> by the hour an, an ethical shot is more important than a camera shot <laughs> that's good yeah that's good all right let's one last question before i, I switch gears on us what is out of all of the the videos that you have made what's what's been your favorite one what's been like if you think about all of the ones that you've you've done um or been a part of what's what's been your favorite one what rises um, i have a about? public land buck video actually my first buck video i that i ever uh got i ever captured and i it was like my second or third video i edited i've got yeah. four buck kills now one of them i haven't completed but i think that that very first one is still my favorite Dude, yeah. you did awesome, bro. Like you, the video you editing, in the, on the top whole of the experience, all of it. I just, for, I don't know why. For some reason, I think it's the favorite one. Yeah, that's a the good one. Box. I love that. Yeah, I love that. I love that video, man. For public land buck, man, that's a really, really good deer. Yeah, Josh, I gotta say, one, just speaking to you, I love that one. Your one eighty or whatever, however big that deer was, you got last that. You didn't get the shot on film, but you got everything else, and you can hear you breathe, like you hyperventilating, getting excited after the shot, and your reaction. And you, you can, I mean, you, that you buck, get the, yeah, that buck snort wheezed, and then yeah. you can hear the shot. You can hear it crack the ribs as it went through. Yeah, and then yeah. you got him tipping over up there on the oh, sunny ridge. That's that's still what I'm, that's some of my favorite footage <laughs> right there. It's like you, like it's amazing. But I mean, I love your public one too. Both of those are good. Shire, how about you? Man, my my favorite one's still got to be my first one. I, I originally called it Trad Journey. Now it's called Three Longbow Kills, all self filmed. <laughs> we did learn that. So that video sat there for a couple years, called Traditional oh, yeah. Journey, and it got like two hundred views. And we changed the title to Three Longbow Kills, all self filmed, and it went from two hundred views to fifty seven thousand views. Um, so I can't explain it, but I think the titling has a has an effect. But that one's kind of neat because it was the first one I ever edited. And I had a whole season worth of footage. Um, it was my first real good successful year with a, with a, with a traditional bow. And I, so I jumped into Adobe. I've learned how to do Adobe on that. And I mean, if I, if I got 40 or 60 hours in it, I might have 40 to 60 hours in that video, just stumbling through trying to, to, to learn everything. 
um, making mistakes, forgetting to save it, not getting my work saved properly and having to redo <laughs> half a day's. But anyway, so yeah, that one's my favorite, I'd say. But. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a really good point that you made. I forgot. I was going to bring that up. Uh, what you put it on is you like you can have like a cute title or whatever you want to on YouTube, but you got to remember um, algorithms. What and how, yeah, what gets people drawn in? I know like we don't want clickbait, like nobody likes clickbait, but we got to be honest, like what makes you click on a video? Um, if it says a deer hunt, are you going to click on it? Is it a, if it's a thumbnail of some dude's nostrils up close to the video, you know, are you going to click, you know, there's like, that's something we've tried to get better at. And you can see, as you go down through like our old videos and different things like that, like we've tried, we've experimented with a lot of different, um, you know, adding some text and big things and adding some faded stuff. And you can do some of that, like actually on PowerPoint, uh, it doesn't have to be super fancy, but you just got to ask yourself the question would you click on your own video, like based off of what it says? Um, that's, I think that's huge, but uh, man, I think my favorite, I think my favorite is actually my, my first self filmed. If it's, if we're talking about self filming, I think self filming my first Turkey uh, coming in was, was a cool one. It's like, you go back, like the footage is kind of grainy and it's not like, uh, but I just think that was just for me, one of the coolest things that I'd ever, we had never, I'd never filmed, like a Tom attacking a uh, decoy before and I'm sitting there doing like a little interview and all of a sudden I look up and there's a bird in front of me and I have to turn the camera around and you can see him down in the fog and he comes up to all He's the silent. way Came in yeah, silent. silent, never gobbled, comes into my Jake and circles around. I'm able to reach up and actually get my GoPro on. And I mean, if I had to edit it again, I'd do a lot of things differently. You know, I've grown a lot in my storytelling, but just as far as just being able to capture something on the, whenever that, like that Tom smacked the snot out of my Jake. I mean, I, I mean, I admit like the first shot, I think I shot like underneath of him or something. And then he ran toward me 10 yards and I shot him and it was just, that was cool. And then I filmed uh Trav, your reaction. Cause you were coming down to my house that day and I snuck that hunting yeah. row early and filmed. I still love every once in a while. I'll go back and just watch you watching my video for the first time. Cause you didn't know that I'd shot a Turkey that. Yeah. I was like, did you kill him? Did you kill him? <laughs> did you kill him? Did you kill him? <laughs> yeah. So, that was cool. So I think, you know, we've, we've all, you know, maybe grown in our ability. I hope, um, you know, I look back on some of those old ones and I'm like, Oh man, that was, that was kind of raw and kind of, you know, I would do things differently now, but I think we've grown and improved. And so I want to kind of take a little bit of a segue into just kind of our lives. Um, you know, it's no secret that we use shutting light outdoors, our videos, this podcast, things that we do to try and paint a picture of, you know, how the, uh, the, the woods relates to the word of God and um, you know, how those things connect. Um, so the question I want to ask you guys is, as we think maybe about how we grow or things like that, um, we've grown in our ability to, to film, but how have you grown as a Christian? Like uh, since you've became a Christian, you're saved, you know, but we all try and grow a little bit, be a little bit more like Jesus. So in what ways uh, ha- have you grown? And I guess the question is how, like what's, what's helped you, grow in some of those things that you've gotten better at. Um, if you look back at like maybe maturity might be a word. So I don't know who wants to go first on that. Um, but what's your thoughts on ways in which you've grown in, in, in those, those areas? Yeah, Travis, for some reason, my audio. Okay. Kind well, of I mean, I think, I think like, you know, we, and we encounter a lot, like, you know, stress and disagreements and struggles and scenarios that, um, would cause us to react differently than we were, we're proud of. Um, and, I, and you know, like 
sometimes I'm not proud of the way I reacted in certain things, but I feel like as I've gone through life, I've seen certain situations play out enough times that I, sometimes I'm here to the point to where I'm like, okay, just sit back and breathe. Not a big deal. It's going to be okay. Where maybe in the past, um, I've acted in anger or frustration and probably been more of a pain in the butt than I should have, where I think as I've seen things develop and grow, I, I can now just kind of, you know, take a breath and say, this too will pass. And uh, especially as becoming a parent has helped me with that. Like, Demon age, you, there's, you can't get too stressed and uptight about too much, you know, and, and it's taken me, taken me 37 years to th- see this play out over and over again, but finally getting to the point where, I don't know, you just kind of maybe handle yourself better in, in certain situations, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah, man, I tried, last night I tried to teach Ansley, my five-year-old, uh, somebody gave me like a free kids golf set, and I thought, oh, it'd be kind of fun to teach her how to, to, to hit a golf ball. You want to talk about tr- try your patience? <laughs> like she, she wants to do it all on her own. She like grabs. She was like, I know how to do it. I was like, Have you ever swung a golf club other than like a putt putt? She goes, No. I'm like, Then ha- have you been watching the tour? Like, how do you know? <laughs> like, right. yeah, it's like Lena, like Lena. She's one, and we just started introducing like a spoon to her, and so so she'll have she'll have her food, and and you try to take the spoon to help her feed herself, and she just takes the spoon and chews on the wrong end of it, you know, and it's like, <laughs> okay, just do your thing. It'll yeah. be okay. <laughs> yeah. Kids will, kids will teach you. Uh, Josh, if you missed the question with the audio there, um, we're just talking about like how, since you became a Christian in what ways have you grown and, and, and more specific, specifically, how did you grow? Like what caused the growth? What do you think? Um, so, so like, I always knew that there was a God. I always believed that there was a God and everything. And, I mean, when I was younger, my mom passed away when I was really young and we never really went to church. You know, I didn't grow up in, you know, in church and living for God and living, you know, the lifestyle of a Christian, of a true Christian. And I suppose what my turning point was, was loss. I I just (laughs) literally like I lost so much everything. As a matter of fact, I lost everything. I really did. And I was like, okay, at this point, my family had, you know, got into a church and everything that they were living, you know, a holy Christian lifestyle uh, to the best of their ability. And so that kind of brought me to the church. And man, my eyes were open. You know, it was amazing. It's an amazing experience for me. And I've definitely changed a lot. I used to be angry, you know, I'm bitter. And like, just when I allowed God to work in my life, you know, having a prayer life and things like that and, you know, repenting and asking forgiveness from, you know, my sins, God really changed me. I don't know how to explain it, but like I would go to several times. I remember going to bed and I would wake up the next morning and I'd be like, man, something has changed. (laughs) And I just give the credit to God because I know that that is the only thing that could have changed me. That's it. There's no other explanation. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Going back to what Shire, even you were saying, it's like somehow you've learned to control, you know, um, that anger in those moments. But like, I think what Josh is saying, I think that's it too. It's like, we can learn like little things that we can do better or whatever, but it's ultimately (laughs) God that kind of changes our heart and convicts us of like some of those dumb things. Um, 
you know, that we, we used to do or whatever uh, that we struggle with. That's, that's huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think for me, um, along those lines, it's it's just been uh, just for me, discipline, you know, just having a disciplined life, trying to stay on top of things. Um, I think that there's just been times where I've just struggled with that. I can get too consumed, like all out, all I think about is deer hunting. And I think we all get that way, turkey hunting or whatever. It just can become, it can become like a, it can become like an idol, you know, and we've talked about that a lot on here, but what I've tried to do, um, and I think this is like you said, Josh, totally God just kind of convicted me of that. Um, and I've got room for improvement without a doubt. Um, but I think slowly but surely, I think God's just spoken in my heart, like what matters most to you? Um, you know, I can be at home and not be at home, if that makes sense. I can be thinking yeah. about my next hunt or I can be thinking about this upcoming elk hunt. And I'm missing like what's right in front of me is this amazing family that he's given me. He's um, So I think for me, what's really in the last couple of years, maybe it was, I think, COVID, <laughs> having that time at home. But just I think in the last couple of years, it's really he's convicted me of just really spending time and, and enjoying time with my kids while they're still young because it goes yeah. by quick, man. Like I can't even like Hattie would be nine this year. Ansley's five. Sayla's already three. And it's just like you, you got to. And so I'm I'm so grateful that God has like kind of kicked me in the head a couple of times. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like, dude, wake up. Like, yeah, if all like you're going to be able to hunt you know, Lord willing, I'll be out hunting until I'm, you know, 90 years old. Right. But yeah. you only get this first 10 to 13 years of their life where they actually want to talk to you. Um, that <laughs> <laughs> only happened once, you know, so that's, that's stuff I yeah. try and focus on marriage, you know, um, seeing some people kind of ruin or mess up marriages by just getting so focused on this stuff. And it's just like, so I think, I hope, I pray I'm, I'm getting better at those things in my attempts. And also God, I think is, making that easier for some reason. He's opening my eyes to those opportunities. I think that's, that's kind of what I'm experiencing. Maybe it's that's just awesome. called getting older and wiser. <laughs> <laughs> Maturing. Yeah. Yeah. Maturing. Man, you pro- maybe some gray hairs. I do have a couple of my, I have a couple of my beard and I'm missing. Unfortunately, I think I'm going to go bald before I go gray. I don't know which is worse, man. So the, uh, you always wear a hat. Yeah. Ansley the other day, she's like, why do you have that? No uh, she's like, why do you have that pink button on top of your head? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, all right. Any other thoughts you guys had on that to wrap things up for us today? Don't put too much pressure on yourself. Just mm. if it, when it comes to filming, I mean, just do if you, just for the first couple of years, if you just want to do minimal, you don't have to exhaust yourself with B-roll. You know, yeah. <laughs> don't, think you gotta, don't think you got to lose sleep over your B-roll. If you just want to take your camera with you and capture a little bit, that's fine. But yeah, that's good. If you don't enjoy it, you know, if you try it, if you don't enjoy it. You don't have to do it. Yep, you don't have to do it. Yeah, that's that's so good, guys. I think I said, I mean, if it's not fun <laughs> at the end of the day, unless it's like you're getting paid for it, you figure out a way to do that. Uh, even then, it's, you know we're filming what we really enjoy and what we're passionate about. We're out there to try and film uh, just what we love and hunting and being able to share that with others, whatever your goal is. So, um, you know, find ways to keep it fun. I actually, one thing we didn't talk much about, but I think filming with buddies to me is some of the funnest things that you can do. You know, self-filming is cool. We do mostly that, but whenever, like this year, one of my favorite hunts was having Trav, you're right there next to me in the tree. Bobby was filming because he had already tagged out and, you know, even though it didn't pan out for like the deer coming in that night, we saw a buck and it was just, 
that was that was ha- that hunt having my daughter next to me uh whenever i shot that first doe it's pretty cool i mean if you want to put the fun back into filming uh you know it's also challenging but go with a buddy you know that's that's a good mm-hmm. thing yeah. too so. good, all good right stuff well Trav, I know you got a haircut. Josh, you got a, a child about to wake up probably from a nap. So I want to thank you guys for cutting out some time today, coming on, sharing your thoughts. Um, guys, listen, if you'd like to uh, ask us any questions, hit us up on Shedding Light Outdoors on Facebook. Uh, you can watch our YouTube videos, Shedding Light Outdoors. Send us an email at sheddinglightod at gmail.com. We love – we don't have it. We've only been doing this for a few years, so there's people that know way more than us. But if you have any questions about any of that stuff, uh, we are more than welcome, uh, more than happy to, to connect with you. Guys, thank you for listening to another episode. I hope that you'll come back next week for another one. And until then, I just want to encourage you to shed the light. Shed the light.